Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode... When you organized your business, did you do so as an LLC or an S-Corp? Why? If an LLC, did you file an IRS Form 2553 to file an S-Election? Why? Why isn't your business a C-Corp? We'll learn from our resident tax strategy expert, J. Barry Watts, about why traditional wisdom is often wrong, and many business owners will be better served to reorganize their businesses as corporations taxed as corporations often called a C-Corp. All that and more on this edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. I'm Barry Watts, your host, now in my 29th year of providing business owners and retirees with tax strategy advice and guidance on structuring your retirement and your investment portfolio. So you'll get the most bang for your buck, stretch those dollars as far as you can, and maybe even create a legacy in your community and family that will extend your influence for generations to come. Our topic today is tax-centered, particularly focused on business owners, and it has to do with how the decisions you make when you organize and structure your business impact your taxes and can massively impact your bottom line after tax. Now, if you're just starting your business, you'll get insight today on how to structure it. And if, like most of our listeners, you already have a business, you may find that you've structured perfectly, or you may learn something that causes you to take a step back and adjust your structure in a way that will be more beneficial to you. So let's talk about organizing a business. When you start a business, it's important that you treat it like a business, complete with a name registered with the proper authority in your estate. Uh, Typically, that's the Secretary of State. Sometimes it's the Department of Corporations or something like that in your state. You should be sure that you've organized and registered with them. And that registration may be as an LLC or a corporation. We'll talk more about that in a few moments. You should have a separate bank account into which all the business revenue is deposited and from which all the expenses are paid. I'm just simply saying you want to treat your business like a business, like it's totally separate from you because it is. So you've got your personal money and the business has its money and the two of these don't mix and mingle together. And when they do mix and mingle because you took money out of the business and put it into your personal account, you take it out properly with proper accounting procedure when it comes out and off the books. You don't just suck money out and then worry about it later. That's what a lot of small, small business owners do. And it creates many messes down the road. And it also destroys the valuability of the business. Valuability, is that a word? Well, it destroys the value of the business when you go to sell it someday in the future. And so what happens is you keep your money separate, but you let the business pay you from its money for the leadership, the administration, and the service you provide to the company. Now, one of the things that you must do is decide how you're going to organize this business. 
The easiest thing to do is nothing. In that case, your business would be called a sole proprietorship. You are the proprietor. And while that may be fine for a lawn mowing service run by a teenager, if your business is very significant at all, enough to provide you with a career and feed your family, then you need to organize and legally register it in a way that will protect you personally from liabilities that the business might incur. Typically, we do that by either incorporating the business or creating a limited liability company, also called an LLC. It's become really popular to use the LLC, certainly for small to medium-sized businesses, but some very large enterprises are sometimes using LLCs in their corporate structures as well. Even large companies like Cargill, Amazon, IBM, eBay, Pepsi-Cola, they all own LLCs underneath their corporations. Now, prior to 1977, the only choice you had was to create a corporation. But Wyoming led the country in creating LLCs in 1977. That's where the first LLC came to be. And other states eventually followed. And today, about 75% of new entities that are created are limited liability companies. And there's a reason for this. They're easy to create and maintain. Literally, I can create an LLC from my desk in less than 10 minutes and have it registered with the state. Once you've done that, you have really created a living entity that is legally referred to as, get this, a non-natural person. So the business entity is a person. And when we say it's a person, what it means is it can transact business like a person. It can receive income and pay bills and pay taxes. It can sue and be sued like a person. It's simply a non-natural person. But your business is a person just like you are a person. Now, secondly, once you've created your business, if it's an LLC, you typically don't have to file any annual reports. That's at least true in my jurisdiction here in Missouri. And you should make sure that it's true where you operate as well. You aren't required to have any members meetings or minutes of meetings or any of the paperwork obligations that accompany a corporation. So LLCs are easy and that's why they're popular. Now, Let's focus on a couple of things first that we ought to go deeper on. First, let's talk about the idea of suing and being sued. One of the reasons you create a separate business entity is so that any liability the business creates may be separated from your liability personally. So an automobile accident that injures another person or damages their property, or a faulty installation of a piece of equipment that causes property damage, all of the liabilities for those damages can reside within the LLC and not with the individual owners, who, by the way, are called members of the LLC. Now, in order for this liability barrier to exist between the members and the LLC, it's very important that you don't allow anything to crash through the barrier. When you crash through the barrier, it's technically called piercing the corporate veil, or in this case, piercing the LLC veil. And that's why you don't treat your LLC like it's your personal piggy bank. You don't commingle the money. And, and subtle things that you must do and never forget to do is anytime you are writing down the name of the company in a contract or on your invoices or anything like that, you have to use the initials LLC after that. If you fail to do that, then you've created an avenue for piercing the corporate veil and you could personally be responsible for any liability that the company incurs. 
So let's use an example here. Say we create a company. And because you love to fish and it's about to be springtime, we're going to call it Bob's Bait and Tackle LLC. On your letterhead, envelopes, billboards, advertising, invoices, truck wraps, anytime the word Bob's Bait and Tackle is used, you must have that LLC included. Or you have allowed the veil to be pierced and you, Bob, can be held personally liable for the obligations of the LLC. Now, let's talk about taxes. Whatever income your LLC receives is taxed to the members. If it's one member, then you pay all the taxes. If you have many members, then the tax burden is shared among them. In multi-member LLCs, the LLC will even have a separate tax return from you personally and individually. Whatever taxable income an LLC produces is taxed to the members at the member's tax rate, and this is where it can get sticky. You see, the top tax bracket of 37% federally begins at $647,850. That's for a married couple. $539,901 for a single person. So what this means is, if you're making more than those numbers in your business, then you're paying taxes at the top rate of 37% when you could be paying taxes at the corporate rate of 21%. And the question I want to hang in your brain about this is simply this. Do you spend all of the money that your company makes on yourself personally, or do you leave some of it in the company for next year's bills? I bet you leave some of it in the company. And that's where this idea of having some of it taxed corporately is so critical. And right up front, I'll just give you the punchline. It's better to have that money that's left in the company taxed at 21% than it is to allow it to be taxed at 37%. So let's say Bob's Bait and Tackle LLC is making a million dollars per year in taxable income. And that's a pretty good income for a bait and tackle company, let me tell you. Well, I, I, sh I shouldn't be that way. The tackle part could be different. I'm located in Springfield, Missouri, the home of Bass Pro Shops and Cabela. And Johnny Morris, the owner who lives here in Springfield and is involved in the community and so forth. Johnny's done pretty well. They, last I saw on the Forbes list, he's at like four or five or six billion or something like that. So the tackle business has worked pretty well for Johnny. But when I talk about Bob's bait and tackle, I'm really thinking about the guy down on the corner. He's got worms to sell you and he'll sell you beer and you can pick up a few. He's got three fishing rods for sale, you know, just some odds and ends like that. So Bob's bait and tackle is making a million dollars a year in taxable income. All of that flows through to Bob because it's Bob's bait and tackle LLC. So it all flows through to Bob and he is single and he's in the top tax bracket of 37%. And he's going to pay 37% federally on everything over $539,000. So his total tax for the year is going to be $332,037, $332,000 just in round numbers. Now, let's say Bob is actually spending and living on $250,000 a year, which if you live down to the lake, that's a pretty good number for a guy to live on. But because he is an LLC, his company rather is an LLC, Bob is paying taxes on the full million dollars as if he were living on all of it. So here's what I want us to do. Let's give Bob $250,000 a year to live on. He'll pay his tax at his regular personal rate. On $250,000, that would be 24% federally. 
Now let's take the other $750,000 and let's leave it in his business for future expansion. He's going to have multiple Bob's bait and tackle LLCs all over each side of the lake and all the adjacent lakes. And where we live, there's a chain of lakes put together, the Tri-Lakes region. I can see Bob with three or four of these places on every lake. Wow, Bob's going to be a mogul, a bait mogul. So Let's take that other $750,000. Let's leave it in his business for future expansion and bill paying. And now let's have that business taxed as a C corporation at the 21% tax rate. So instead of paying $332,000 in taxes like he was previously, his tax would drop to $234,000 total, saving him $97,919, saving him about 30% in taxes, all because he paid attention to some little adjustments and some paperwork and some bookkeeping kinds of things. Now, I know that Bob, the owner of Bob's Bait and Tackle LLC, is not an accountant. And I know he's really not interested in the paperwork. And frankly, he's not really interested in the legality. Frankly, he drinks too much beer. But what he really likes doing is saying howdy to folks who come through and buy worms and minnows and goldfish and all the things that they're going to use to fish with. Yet he needs to sharpen up for just a moment, pay some attention, hire some people who will pay attention. That's what we do as tax strategists. And he needs to obey them and do what they tell him because doing so would save him $97,000 a year. So here's the big point. Don't pay the higher personal tax rate on money that you're simply going to leave in your business and pay next year's bills with. Why pay next year's bills with money that's had a 37% haircut when you could pay next year's bills with money that's only had a 21% haircut? A C corporation will allow you to do this. Now, here's some things to think about. With the C-Corp, Bob's going to have to file annually with his state. He has to file an annual report, and that's going to cost 50 or 100 bucks. In fact, in my state, they've made it every two years that you have to file this because of COVID. They just give everybody a break. So they just doubled the cost, and you only have to do it every two years. So that's nice. He's going to have to have an annual shareholders meeting with himself or himself and his wife, if she's a shareholder, he probably could work that out. And if he's got any partners, he'll have to include them. And they're going to have to record minutes from that meeting. On this date at this time, the meeting was called to order by Chairman Bob. And Sally and Tom and Leroy were all present. And the meeting was called to order at 9.04 a.m. And the items discussed were number one, number two, number three. And the decisions made were number A, number B, number C. And at the end of the meeting, it was adjourned. And you type that up on a piece of paper and you put it in your file because that's what makes you a legitimate corporation. So Bob's going to have to do some things like that, that he doesn't have to do with his LLC. But just think about this for $97,000. Can you do some stuff? Yes, you can. And I think it's well worth your time and effort to do that. So you can either convert your business entirely to a C corporation. Or you can actually do what I've done. You can establish a separate C corporation that is a management company. And you can pay a management fee to that C corporation. Of all the money that you're going to leave in your business this year, you just pay it as a management fee over to your C corporation. And when you do that, it's an expense to your LLC. 
So it's no longer going to be taxed in your LLC. It's going to be in the C-Corp that gets the money. And therefore, the money is out of the LLC, away from your personal tax return, and it got into the 21% corporate tax rate. And that'll give you 79% of those dollars to spend after taxes instead of only 63%. Now, this is actually where it gets really exciting. What are you going to do with that $97,000? You could reinvest it in your business because Bob is going to expand. In fact, sometimes when I talk about Bob, one of the things I say is that he's not just going to expand into other bait shops, but it's going to be Bob's bait tackle and transmission repair. Bob's going to get in the transmission repair because transmission guys like to fish. I don't know why I have this idea in my mind. It's just a joke, but you get the point. What are you going to do with the 97000 You could reinvest it in your business. You could spend it on a family vacation. And don't we need one of those? Because a lot of us quit going on vacations when COVID hit and we just never have gone again. We're going to change that at my house this year. We, my wife and I have realized we just stopped because we just stopped and we're tired of being stopped. We're going to go some places. In fact, in April, we're taking a cruise in Greece and we're excited about that. You could do what I'm going to do. You could pay for your daughter's wedding. My oldest baby girl, Madison, who lives in St. Louis, is getting married. Hopefully this year, if we can find the venue, that's a big issue these days. But we're planning a wedding, and they were working on flowers this weekend. You could do those kind of things with this $97,000. You know what else you could do with it? You could put it into a deductible retirement plan and reduce your corporate taxes buy another $20,000 when you do that. So now you've saved $110,000. There are lots of good strategies you could use. So here's my question. Why didn't your CPA ever tell you about this? Well, probably because he or she is trained as an accountant and tax return preparer, skilled in the art of making columns of numbers balance and filling out government forms correctly but has never been trained on how to take the law of the tax code and use it in a way that maximizes the efficiency of your profits and minimizes the income taxes that you pay. That, my friends, is what a tax strategist does. My name is Barry Watts. My company is the Wealthcare Corporation. Its tax planning arm is American Tax Strategies, LLC, found on the web at savingyoutaxes.com. If you have found our podcast helpful and would like to talk more about how we might be of service, go to savingyoutaxes.com, and there you'll find a phone number you can call to schedule a 15-minute strategy inquiry to determine whether or not there is any possibility for us to be of help to you. And if there is, great. That's why we exist. And if there's not, then no harm, no foul, no cost. You can go your way confident that you're doing all you can to reduce your income taxes. Until next time, I'm tax strategist Barry Watts from savingyoutaxes.com here to remind you that when it comes to investing for retirement, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. This podcast is a production of the Wealth Care Corporation and is provided for your information and education. Consult your own legal and tax counsel before implementing strategies discussed on this show. Tax strategy services are provided by American Tax Strategies, LLC. Investment advisory services offered by Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC.
Thank you for listening to the Truth About Taxes and Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.